Hey, we're glad that you're here with us. Uh, as Brittany said, we're, we're kind of kicking off a big deal for us um, a couple different times a year. We do it all during the year, but we take breaks in between uh, uh, semesters from small groups is what we call it. Uh, small groups, uh, just a, you know, people doing life together, getting in groups together, and, and really you know, uh, looking at where we're going this fall with small groups that start kickoff next week. Uh, I just thought it would be uh, good to just take a Sunday and just kind of dig a little bit deeper and try to um, uh, convince you from a biblical perspective, how's that sound, about the, the, the value in just doing life together. And so today, we're just going to talk one time. We just finished a long series, uh, six weeks or so, uh, about the church last week. Uh, to, you know, and today, I just want to talk to you about this thought that we're just better together. Come on, can you look at somebody and just say that? We're, we're better together. Come on, tell somebody. We're better together. And, and so really, what I want to do is I, I, I want to I look at this, this thought this morning that we're not just better together when we come together on a Sunday morning. That is part of the equation, 100%. Never going to be any different, that we're better together when you leave your house and you come and you, we all join together on a Sunday morning here at this place called Spectrum Church. But we're better together also when we do life together outside of this church. You're going to be better together. It, it's not, it, it, what I want to say this morning is it, it's not just one or the other, it's really both and, and we'll talk about that during the course of, the, uh, of our time together. What I want to do is I'm, I'm going to be, uh, uh, we'll, we'll dig deep a little bit in, in Ecclesiastes ch chapter, uh, chapter 4. We'll go back to some things that Solomon said. We'll look at about four scriptures there that a lot of us, and I've used it too many times concerning the marriage relationship. It's got definite like, application there. But really talking about small groups, talking about doing life together. Then I'm going to be real kind of word. Uh, we're just going to look at some stuff on the screen, really kind of give you some things to think about. I really I want to challenge you that way. Then we're going to kind of get heavy into the word, several one-on-one -on -one scriptures, if you will, that really maybe will lean you towards really strongly considering and thinking about doing life together with some other people. And then we'll just finish with, uh, with maybe one reason why I think we don't. We don't. Uh, where a lot of us maybe struggle and why we just don't get together with other people. So uh, we're going to kind of be real pastoral. I'm going to be real pastoral today. Uh, I'm not going to shout and scream like I normally do. I'm not going to spit. So um, we, 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 come on, generally I'm a spitter, you know. So oh, come on, come on. I know the Shamu section up here, they're putting on coats and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But uh, I'm a spitter. I can't help it, you know. Uh, but come on, bow your head real quick and let's pray. Father God, we love you today. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that we know from the book of Revelation, Father, that when we gather together as your body in the name of Jesus, that Jesus said, I'm right there in the midst of you. So we don't see Jesus today, Father, uh, but we definitely sense the presence of Jesus, the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. So what we're saying today and we're asking today, Father, is open up our eyes, open up our ears, and open up our heart. We want to be changed today. We want to grow today. We want to learn today. We want to, we want to be further equipped today. And that happens, you told us, by the impartation of your word. So we're not just going to be what James says, hearers of the word. But Father, I pray every person, including me, will become more of a doer of the word. Because you told us, it's not in our hearing that we're blessed, but we're blessed really in our hearing and in our doing. So Father, we thank you for application. We thank you for making this personal. We're not gonna think about who's not here that needs to hear this, because we're here and we need to hear it. In Jesus' name, say amen, everybody. Poke your neighbor and say he was talking about you. Come on, he was talking about you, right? Come on, how many know that scripture in the book of Genesis that, that you know, we, we, we've all, I said it at, you know, marriage ceremonies and all, and, you know, it's, it's God coming to Adam, and he's already made Adam, and he just simply says, it's not good that man should be alone. We know it for the marriage relationship. We know that it's not good when people are alone, when people are isolated, when they're all by themselves. Uh, you know, if you're in a cabin by yourself, you get cabin fever. If you're out in the ocean by yourself, you get eaten by sharks. It's just the way it happens. It just always happens that way. We're better doing life together. And so that, that, that's, that's from the very beginning of Genesis that God saw that this man was by himself and he was alone. And he just says, it's not good for you to be alone. So, so, so uh, just, just again, uh, I'll, I'll probably say this 16 different times today. It's not good for you to go through life alone. 
It's not good for you to go through life solo. And you can be, what we know statistically, you can be in, surrounded by a group of people, by all kinds of people, and still be alone. And so we'll, we'll dig deep a little bit in that this morning because it's not just being in a group of people, but it's what you do when you're in that group of people and or with that group of people. And so we'll talk about that a little bit. But I, I'm convinced that every one of us needs a tribe. Every one of us needs friends. Every one of us needs a place to belong. Every one of us needs a place that we connect with. Outside, again, not just talking about this thing called, called the church. I, I believe, again, that life is meant to be lived together. And let me say this. Just so you know where I'm going, I'm not just talking about your family. I believe life is meant to be lived with your family. But I do know a lot of us uh, um, will, will maybe say, I, I'm here living with my family, I'm doing life with my family, and I've got my, I've got my own family, then I've got some extended family, like some of you all do that live in the community, and you do life together, and that 100% should never be avoided. I think it's imperative and it's powerful that aunts and nieces and grandpas and grandpas and sisters and cousins and all do life together, but, but really what I want to talk about and what we're going to see is that you and I need to do life together with our church family because we all we all uh, should be moving on a journey together serving God and being developed in the image and the likeness of God and you as well as me would be able to say with our family our natural family even though you love them even though your blood and all that stuff you do know that there's some that you just can't do life with because you're in a different place than they are. It's not wrong, it's not right. You wanna keep reaching them and try to help them to come on, on a God side, but maybe they're obstinate against it. And, and you know that you, you come on, we be all real, you tolerate some of your family, amen? amen. And they probably tolerate you, right? Uh, but there's gotta be a group that God wants us to be a part of that's called your church family, or we could call it your natural family and also your spiritual family, that God wants you doing life together. That's what's going to empower you. That's what's going to help you. That's what's going to strengthen you. That's what's going to get you from where you are right now to where God wants you to be. Not just you by yourself and not just corporately, this entity called Spectrum Church, but when we break it down into a small group of people doing life together where we can grow more intimately, we can grow in openness, we can grow, help me out with this word, and be vulnerable with one another. When somebody might know I'm not perfect, when somebody might know I struggle with some issues, where somebody might know I need prayer in this certain area and I'm okay with that because anything I talk about in this group of people doesn't go on social media, doesn't have a little chat afterwards. I can't believe they shared that. What do you think about that? You know, big bright eye face on emoji. None of that stuff where we just say, listen, we all got some drama. We all got some issues. We all got a past and we believe Jesus is going to get us from point A, come on to point B in Jesus name. We're going to grow. Amen, everybody. Come on. So just on the screen, a couple of thoughts. I really believe this is that God brings people together for a purpose to be changed and to help others experience change. Something happens in this small group, again, where you are called together, God gets you together for a specific purpose, where you experience change, but then your th whatever you've been through, store things of your past, stuff that fears or successes that, that you've encountered, it, it, can, it can fuel and help somebody else. And listen to me, that can never really happen in this setting. And we'll talk about it. It, it. it can't happen in this setting. It might happen limitedly on the patio over a coffee and some water and a donut sometimes. But, but it's going to happen in a small group. It, it can happen when you tag somebody at church or you come up for prayer or, or something like that after church. But, but the power of it is getting in a small group where you can experience continual change in me too. Uh, so again, growth is rarely a solo event. It's rarely a solo event. We learn by and with the help of others. We get others' help. It's rarely solo. It's not just me, God, and a Bible. No, it's me, God, a Bible, and somebody. 
And if you're not married, that should be your marriage partner. We all should be growing together, but we grow at different levels. We grow at different times. We grow in different seasons more than the others, so it's never exactly the same. But there also needs to be this thing called the church family where we're connected and we're growing. And it's, it's, it's we're asking questions and we're learning and we're seeing others. I mean, I learned how to pray. Listen, I learned how to pray in a group listening and watching people pray. I learned how to pray, not because I could pray, not all of a sudden, man, you can pray. No, I learned how to pray because I was around people that prayed. I learned a love for the Bible because when I was 20 years old and I gave my life finally to God, I was around a bunch of young adults that loved the Bible. I, 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 I saw that and I got involved in a group that helped me through my junior, my senior years at college. And then, and then I went into ministry, I went to Bible school. So, so it, it's not just a solo thing, guys, is that we, we, we grow and we learn in a group. And again, not just this group uh, called church. Somebody said this, I, I think it's true, I've kind of looked, try to find if it actually was true, that African proverb, it says this, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go, go together. Go together. You want to go fast, go alone. You want to go far, go together. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, look at that real quick, we'll have some scriptures behind me. What I'll do is I'm going to read each scripture and make a comment about each one. Again, I read this a lot of times during marriage yeah, issues and marriage, you know, not issues, but marriage, uh, when people are getting married or talking to people about the importance of being together, but it's got application to what we're talking about today. Look what it says here. Re read these first five words together with me, will you? Two are better than one. J just if we stopped right there, we could, shut the, we could shut our Bibles, we could shut everything off, go outside, and we could just kind of have a small group, all of us, outside and drink some coffee. Th th this is the summation of everything we're going to say today. Two are better than one. And, and, and listen, Three are better than two, and four are better than three. It, it, you're better, we're better together. Two are better than one. Look what he says, because, check it out, they have a good reward for their labor. This is the big picture. Two are better than one, for they have a good reward for their labor. There is a labor, there is a a, a, a group labor that God wants us to be a part of that when we're doing it, when we're hearing it, when we're hearing the word together and we're laboring, one translate, one scripture says that we labor in the word, we dig stuff out and we're digging stuff out and we shovel stuff off and we dig stuff and shovel stuff off each one of us. When we're laboring in the word and we're talking the word and we're growing, there's a good reward for all of us. That's why you need to get in a group. That's why you need to be connected. That's why you need to do life together outside of a Sunday morning for an hour and, you know, 20 minutes. Verse 10, for if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Uh, everybody is going to fall in life. Can I tell you, I'm not prophesying doom and gloom. That's not the kind of preacher I am. But, but listen to me. You're going to trip up. You're going to struggle with something. You're going to get married, and you're going to think she's the sweetest, he's the greatest. Man, he's got a six-pack. Pretty soon he's going to have a keg. Come on, it's going to be sticking out. So, so come on, everybody. Listen, her little hourglass body, as soon as she has a kid, everything's going to start stretching. She's not going to feel good. You're going to need to know how to deal with it. I'm just telling you. Oh, you're going you're gonna to fall. You're going to have issues in your life, challenges, setbacks with marriage, with kids, with your job, with your, with your health, all kinds of stuff. But you're going to have to have somebody that when you fall into sin, when you get yourself in a crazy hole, that you go, how am I going to get out? If you're alone, you're in trouble. If you got a friend, they're going to help you out of where you're at. Come on, everybody. That, I, I, come on, I'm not preaching this morning, but, but come on, you can clap a little bit. Woe to him who's alone when he falls, right? No one to help him. No one to help him. But if you're connected, who's on your speed dial right now? Who can you call? I've said this to you before, but who can you call at 2.30 in the morning that will actually leave where they're at and come get you out of jail? Who? Who? Not, 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 not your family. Not, 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 not your family because they have to. <laughs> Maybe they met you sit you there for a little while, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. Who are you going to call? Who are you going to call? Who are you going to call? Verse 11. Again, if two lie down together, they'll keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Uh, the imagery here from what Solomon is saying is the imagery is in Palestine when at nighttime in the desert it would get extremely cold. 
How, how can you stay warm alone? How can you be alone? If you lie down, how are you going to stay? How are you going to stay hot? How are you going to stay where, where, where you don't freeze to death? Again, the imagery for us is that when we're together with other people doing life together, they will know when your fire is getting dim. They will know when, hey, man, uh, I'm hearing stuff come out of your mouth that I've never heard come out. You've been in the Bible? You've been praying? Hey, uh, I've seen you post on social media. Seems like every weekend for the last six weekends, you hadn't been in church because ain't no friend church. You, you at the beach, you at Disney World, you at, and I'm down with that. You got six weeks of vacation. You do you, man. But what I've noticed is your fire is getting not as lit and bright as it used to be. It's getting dimmer. Listen, on a Sunday morning, you can't do that because you're here. And we all come in with our best on. How you doing? Blessed, highly favored, and not stressed. <laughs> come on, we all got our stuff, don't we? Come on, everybody. Come on, poke your neighbor say, you got it. Come on, you got those words. Yeah, you do. We all do it, right? We do it. Everything's great. How you doing? Great. You talk to a guy. How's it going? Amazing. Uh, amazing. Guys, we're not real. Come on, it's, it's bedlam. Come on, we just got an arm cut off. Everything's fine, right? It's fine. That's what, that's what we deal. But, but, but when you're in a group, they go, no, man, your arm's cut off. <laughs> you need some help, brother, right? This is what happens in a group, in a group. But, but we, generally, uh, we generally don't can't, can't kind of fake it. How, how can you keep warm when you're alone? The imagery, again, is we do life together. And my fire is going to help you stay on fire. And when I see you smoldering, I'm not going to put you out. I'm going to try to get you fired back up. We're not going to laugh and make fun that your fire is not as bright as my fire. No, I just want you a little bit hotter when you leave the group. That there should be something in me that helps you burn more passionately in your love for God. Verse 12, the one may be overpowered by another. Two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Of course, coming together in agreement, prayer, you may be overpowered by another, two people together, two people come against me, or got some people coming against me, two or three are better than the one against whatever, but he's just telling us a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Of course, it would be me, maybe, and my wife, you and your friend, and having Jesus as the third cord, 100%. But here's what I do know. In every single relationship, positively or negatively, there is a cord that brings that relationship together. There's a cord with relationships at people at work called the gossip cord. The gossipers all hang out together. That's the common thread. That's the common cord. The lusters all hang out together. The addicted all hang out together. There's a common thord, common cord. So what this is telling us is that in all of our lives, that there's going to be something that draws us together. And that thing that draws us together will produce something in our life. Will produce. And so if we're centered around God, we're centered around people moving the same direction, and we're open and we're transparent, we're saying, God, I need you in my life, and I want you in my life, I haven't got it all figured out, but, but I've decided that I'm going to keep growing in my journey with you, and, and it's not just going to be a Sunday thing, man, thank God for all y'all here today doing a Sunday thing, but we want to take your, level, your, your relationship with God to another level, saying you need to get connected with people that have skin on besides just a Sunday morning experience, and you need to get in a group of people that you can be transparent with, vulnerable, open with, and receive healing, and to receive word, and be able to join together, and your fire get off on somebody else, and their fire get off on you, and when you fall, that there's actually somebody that knows you're missing. Come on, somebody. This is a, can I, can I just kind of, can I bear my soul to, to, to y'all on a Sunday morning? The most frustrating part, one of the most frustrating parts of doing what I do as a pastor is when someone leaves the church and nobody knows they left. And then somebody, then, then, then you might get a, a message, you know, two months later or three months later, and somebody goes, hey, have you seen so-and-so? And people go, no. And then I would maybe reach out to them and say, well, no, man, I, I haven't been to church in three months. And you go, wow, wow, how did this happen? How it happened 
is that church, again, for many is a Sunday thing, slip in, slip out, as quick as I can, check the box, get the star on the calendar that I did that, right with God, I'm, I'm okay, take a little communion, go on, don't get involved in growth track, don't get involved in serving the dream team, don't get involved in a small group, because I kind of want to be anonymous, I want to come and come and just get the God thing and kind of leave. But, but then there's some people that come and you never know. And then, and, and then they slip out and, and you never know. Like, I could just tell you, oh, man, I get frustrated when, when, when somebody says, well, you know, did you hear about so-and-so? They had surgery. Like they, they had their neck cut off and then they had their head put back on. And you go, my God, how come nobody knew? They never called anybody, never talked to anybody. Weren't involved in a small group. That the small group said, hey, you know, so-and-so is having their neck removed next week. <laughs> They're having a new head put on. It's a new surgery. It's amazing. And there's going to be about six months, you know. It's, so you, you know this. And then you get the plan. You can, you can, then you can be together and you can help and you can pray and you can, you can be there for people. But if you don't know, you just don't know. You don't know. Acts 1 is kind of a crazy transition between Jesus rising from the dead before his final ascension. That's, the ascension means he went up to heaven for good. And it actually says this in Acts chapter 1, that he came down for 40 days and he was there with his disciples. He was showing signs and wonders, kind of, again, the very last, this is me, this is who I was. But it's really interesting, before he left, the Bible says that he got together with his disciples. And he was specifically with them for the last 40 days. He wasn't with the crowds. He wasn't showing himself to everybody. He had a couple of, you know, uh, visitations, a couple of things, you know, to certain people, the guys in the road to Emmaus and, and, and some others. But, but specifically for 40 days, he was with, he was with those 12. So, so I, I, get the, I get the thought that, G, that Jesus is trying to say that I'm trying to get it to our church in a deeper way this morning. And I hope forever and ever is that look on the screen, be in a small group isn't a program. It's not a program. Being in a small group is a lifestyle. Amen. Come on, it's a life. It's not a program. It's not just something that I do, you know. No, it's something that I commit to. It's, a, it's part of my life. It's just who I am. That, that, as Brittany said a moment ago, that we're not a church with small groups. We're a church of small groups. This is who we are. We just don't have something. This is really who we are. You want to know the life of our church? Get connected with people. Again, it's not just a weekend thing, but it's about what you do during the week, staying connected. I love when I hear stories and I see stuff, people getting together during the week and sending text messages and checking up on one another, making phone calls and, and just seeing, hey man, how you doing? What's going on? Hey, hit me up if you need prayer. And, and, and people start having these little chats going on and, and just being able to talk to one another, just to, to, to tag up base with one another. Again, this is what life is supposed to be about. And so many of us, honestly, we come from broken homes. We come from broken relationships. And so there's part of our lives that we just separate ourselves from that says, I'll do me, you do you. I know this, when you get with people, it's messy, number one, and you're going to get hurt, number two. And can I tell you, it always will be. It always will be. There's always going to be somebody who tries to mess you up. There's always going to be some kind of relationship that is challenging. But God wants us to do life together because we are better together. It is not good for you to be alone. Can you say amen, everybody? Now, now it's interesting with Jesus because uh, the, when it comes to Jesus, there was this, uh, we have two models of, of, of teaching, we could say. There was the, the Greek model of teaching was lecturing. That, that, that was the teacher to the student. And really, this is Sunday morning. It's the, it, it, I'm not uh, setting myself up above you at all, but it's just the teacher to the student. It's like in the public school system, it's the teacher to the student. In the church setting, it's someone up here teaching the Word of God to those of us that are listening. But there's also the Jewish model. Jesus did that. He taught the crowds regularly. He did that. But there's also the Jewish model. And the Jewish model is that we do life together. We learn as we go. Jesus did both. It wasn't one or the other. He taught it. 
He taught, from, he taught the crowds, and they were part of it, and they heard the disciples and the crowds, but then also it was the 12 that he really hung out with, and he poured most of his life together with, and that was the Hebrew model. We we're going to learn as we go. So he would talk about the, you know, the seed, and he would talk about, you know, he, he cursed the tree, and he'd talk about what was going on, and they were with him with the signs and the wonders and the miracles, and he was talking to the storm, and the storm stopped. That's the Hebrew model. We're going to do life together. You're going to, you, it's going to be more than just a one day, a one and a half hour Sunday experience, I'm going to be involved in your life. So again, Jesus taught the crowds. We know that he was with a group of 70, sent them out there to every city before he went, but he was really committed to the 12. Uh, and so let, he poured his life into the 12. And I just want to encourage you to, to get involved in a small group. Get involved in a group of people. Guys are going to be out there in the patio, some of our group leaders out there. We, I want to encourage you, get involved with the group where you can do life together and where life is going to uh, take you from where you're at to where you need to go. Because, again, if you're going to fall. You, you're going to fall. You're going to experience. You're going to experience challenges in your life. It's not all going to be good. Who, who's going to be there with you? Listen to me. And that's why that's that's a negative side that I think that in our generation the positive is so great that we've got TV preachers and we've got all this stuff. But can I tell you, your TV preacher ain't going to come see you when you're in the hospital. They're not going to come make you a dinner. <laughs> but if you're in a group with some people, come on, they're going to be connected with you. They're going to talk to you. They're going to be there with you in the good times and the bad times. Uh, you know, it, it should be where, come celebrate. I've got this event. I've got this special anniversary. And, and, and my kids having this graduation. And, and we do life together because we're better together. Say amen, somebody. What I think it's interesting, just look on the screen, is that when Jesus began his ministry, the very first thing he did was he formed a small group. When he began his ministry, the very first thing he does is he calls these guys to him. He calls them to him. Now, if there was anybody, if there was anybody who probably didn't need a group, it was Jesus. He could have done it all by himself. But he decided this isn't what's going to happen. This is what's not going to be worth what I'm doing after I'm gone. He could have been the solo ranger. And that's what we see with lots of people and lots of uh, churches or whatever. And it's all about one person. That's not what God wants. He wants it about all of us. Amen, everybody. So Jesus teaches them the word. Jesus, Jesus uh, is with them, and they start growing spiritually. These guys have questions. Jesus answers them. I'm talking about the 12. They're, they're, they're with them uh, all the time. They sleep together. They eat together. They do life together. They go from city to city together. They, they, he shows them how to live. He shows them how he taught, how he healed, how, how he loved people, unloved, unloving people. Uh, he taught the masses. We see that. He helped the crowd, but he concentrated on a few. He concentrated on the few. And so it's interesting, it seems to be, when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as the crowds get bigger, that Jesus would pull towards his disciples that he mentored. And again, Jesus didn't need the disciples. He really didn't need the disciples. They needed him. They needed him. And so listen to me. I'm not saying the person that's leading the group, you know, or anything, that they're Jesus. That's not the thing. I'm just saying you need others to help you. You just need others. And so you, you just, I, I think this is such a challenge for us North Americans, really, us Americans, because we're so doggone independent. Come on, we are the best nation in the world. Can I get an amen, everybody? Amen. If you don't believe that, go somewhere. <laughs> go somewhere else. And you're going to kiss the ground when you come back. You might not like the president. You might not like gas prices, but you're going to kiss the ground when you come back because we got the greatest nation on earth, let me tell you. Uh, but, but what we find from Jesus is that what, what I find intriguing, if you will, is that Jesus lived this open and authentic life before his disciples. Open and authentic, meaning this. They saw him when he was angry, getting a, a whip and driving out the money changers. They saw him when he was compassionate. They saw him when he cried at Lazarus' tomb. They saw him when, when he was frustrated. They saw him when he was forgiving of the woman caught in adultery. He lived an authentic life before them. Listen to me. I, we, we could say an emotional, authentic life. He wasn't afraid of his emotions. He wasn't afraid to show anybody that we could say the good, the bad, the ugly. There was nothing ugly in him, but you get the picture. He showed them who he was. And, 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 and the, the, the disciples saw that. That must have endeared them to really who he was. Jesus didn't have anything to hide. And, he, and let me just... And, 
encourage you. When you're in a small group, again, on a Sunday morning, we all got masks on. Everything's good. How's the marriage? Couldn't be better. You've, you've been fighting like cats and dogs for six years. Why? Because I really don't know you, and you really don't know me, and if I tell you what, the way it really is, I'm scared you might judge me. Can we all be real up in here? How's your kids? Amazing. Never better. Probably going to go to Pepperdine, huh, Jasmine? Woo-hoo. She graduated, PhD. Come on, give it up to Jasmine back there. Wow, yeah, come on. Probably going to go to Pepperdine. Nah, they're going to go to Pepper Spray is where they're going to go. When we're together, listen, when we're together, Jesus believed in the power of being taught. So we concentrate on this, taught the truth. When we're together, we, 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 we concentrate on teaching the truth of God's word. Forty-five times in the New Testament, in, in the Gospels, Jesus was called teacher, teacher. We all need somebody that can help us further along in our spiritual education. Whether they're just a little bit over us or over us, or I have even found there's people, can I say this, that might not know as much as me, but they said something to me, whoo, it just cranked me up because I needed to hear that. It happened in a group. It happens in a group. We all need somebody, somebody in our life. Come on, look on the screen. Let me give you a bunch of scriptures. Y'all ready to go? Come on, let's get, get, get a bunch of scriptures this morning. Acts 5.42. It says, and daily in the temple and in every house they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Notice, daily in the temple and in every house. So they had the temple, we could say, the corporate gathering, but they had a house gathering. It was both and, it wasn't either or. Well, I'll just do the temple thing, but I ain't doing the house thing. No, it was the temple thing, and it was the house thing. It's a church thing, and it's a small group thing. It's a corporate gathering. It's a big gathering, we could say, worship and stuff and kids ministry and youth ministry and taking missions trips and kids going to camp and all that. But then we've got the house-to-house stuff that's week in and week out. And they, there was a continual teaching and preaching of the Word of God and growing spiritually. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And let us consider one another, one another, in order to stir up love and good works. Just stop right there. I cannot consider you and you cannot consider me on a Sunday morning. It's just too busy. There's just too much stuff going on. I can't consider what's going on in your life and your lifestyle. I can't consider all the stuff that you're dealing with. You can't consider all the stuff I'm dealing with. <laughs> but in a group, I can. In a group, in a small group, we can consider one another. That we can then stir each other up. You can't stir me up. I can't stir you up really on a Sunday morning outside using my gift. But then how is your gift going to be used to stir me up? It can on a Sunday morning, generally. By your participation, it can help me. But when we're together, by what God's talking to you, by us doing life together, by us just, I mean, and it can come from everything, from a group setting in the Bible study setting, or we're out just kind of, again, the Hebrew model, we're just doing life together, we go out to eat together, you start connecting together, and you're just talking, you're just talking, you're just talking, you're talking about what's going on. And someone says a scripture, and someone just says, maybe there's no scripture. I'm just there, and I'm listening, and you can pray for one another. Let us consider one another to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Not forsaking, not saying it's no big deal. We don't, well, I'll do the church thing. I'll do the big thing Sunday, but I'm not going to do a midweek thing. I'm not going to do a thing where, where it's going to take any more time out of my life. You know, I'm a busy, busy guy. I'm busy. And granted, so many of y'all are busier than a one-armed paper hanger, like they said. Let me tell you, you're busy. But then it's funny to me, the most busy, the people that are the busiest seem to, to, seem to be the people that have time for relationships. It's just amazing because of the importance of it. And so let me challenge you. It says, don't, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together in the corporate setting, but also the house-to-house -house or the in the office or wherever you're doing your small group and getting together. As is the manner of some, he said, evidently, the writer here says, some are doing it right now. They're forsaking getting together. They're saying, we don't need this. No big deal. 
But he says, you need, to, you need to get in a place where you can exhort one another. You can encourage one another. You, you, you can lift one another up, exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching, the day of Jesus approaching. As, as the, the time is ticking down, it gets crazier and crazier. You need to hang out with some people going in the direction that you want to go within your life. Can you say amen? First Thessalonians 5. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Encourage each other and build each other up. Uh, where, where are you going to go to get courage? Where are you going to go to get building up? Well, on a Sunday morning, hearing the Word of God, of course you are. You're going to get that from the Word of God. You're going to get that in your own Bible time by yourself when you're reading and you're praying. But he says, encourage each other. Build each other up. So there's a component that we all must agree and we all must say, I need this in my life. I need to be the person that receives encouragement. I need to be the person that receives building up. I don't know everything, and I need to be the person that gives encouragement and gives opportunity that to use my gift, to use the word God talked to me, and to help build somebody else up. This is going to happen in a small group setting. Proverbs 27, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. You need sharpening. I need sharpening. Why? Life is going to make you dull. It's going to dull you down. The pressure's going to dull you down. The weight's going to dull you down. The, the situations in your marriage or with your kids or with the work-related or just uh, whatever, health, whatever's going on, it's going to dull you down. And you need somebody in your life that will sharpen you. And you can sharpen them as well. Galatians 6, 2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. You are required, I am required to lift somebody's burden. I'm required to bear it, to bear it. How could I bear your burden? How could you bear my burden if you do not know my burden? It's like, it's like back when I was a kid, I never could figure out at the church, and they, they would have the prayer meeting, and the pastor would say, how many of you all have an unspoken prayer request? And hands would go up all over the room. Unsp there is no such thing as an unspoken prayer request. Prayer has to be spoken. It has to be said. It has to be spoken so it could be answered. God knows your heart. Yeah, he does, but he's also giving you a mouth. And so when it comes into a group, I have to be open where my burden can be bore by somebody else. Oh, that's kind of crazy. They might judge you. That's what we're talking about. You got to get over that. James 5, 16, confess your sins to each other. Why, my Lord, is that in the Bible? <laughs> and pray for each other. Is that in the Bible? So that you may be healed. He's not talking about physical healing. He's not talking about confess your sins, and all of a sudden you've got some sickness physically in your, in your body. What he's talking about is that you've got a group of people that you can be honest and vulnerable with that, man, let me tell you what, I, I just, I went crazy at my wife. I yelled and screamed at my wife last week, and I'm not proud of it, and I'm telling you, I need, I'm confessing my sin to y'all, and, and, and my wife's right there, and she's hearing it, and we've talked about it, but I want to let y'all know, I need some help up in here. Will y'all pray for me this week? Come on, will y'all pray for me this week? See, I was confessing my sin. Really, that happened. No, y'all didn't. <laughs> that you may be healed. You may be emotionally healed. You can, you can get through this issue that's going on in your life. Come on. One more real quick. Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. Last scripture in the book of Matthew, Jesus says this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Notice that disciples, disciplined ones. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new believers. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Teach them, teach them, teach them, teach them, teach them. Get in the group, get in the general assembly, get in the big group, uh, the corporate gathering, but get in the smaller group where you teach the Word of God. Teach, teach, teach the Word of God. Teach and make disciples. Discipleship isn't a six-week class. Discipleship is a lifelong process. 
always being discipled, always growing, always challenging, always, always receiving something and giving something, always being in a group setting, always, always being open for somebody to, 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 to give the word of God. And when we come together, Paul tells this in the book of Colossians, that there's psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. There's like something in you that the group needs to hear. And there's, there, there, there's a word that you can speak in due season that's really going to speak to somebody else and somebody's going to say something for you, again, that just lights your wet log. Come on, everybody. It happens, it happens in, a, in, in a group. Let, let me just look, draw your attention to the screens. I've got several things I want you to see, again, as we kind of wind down today, I think that are important for us to look at. Rick Warren, who pastors a phenomenal church up here in Orange County called Saddleback, uh, uh, he says this, they, they, they've got a phenomenal church in this regard. I don't, let's, don't quote me on this, but they've got something like 30,000 people in their church or 25,000, thousand, multiple campuses, all, all these campuses, all multiple services everywhere. And they've actually got more people in their small group than they do that come to the church because they believe in the power of the small gathering. So he said something I think that's just staggering to look at and to think about, so I've got it on the screen for you. He said this, in order to have unity in your church, you have to create community. You can't have unity without community, and you can't have community without unity. Look at that. In the word community is the word unity, isn't it, huh? In order to have unity... In your church, you have to create community. There has to be connection. That's more than just a corporate connection. You can't have unity without community, and you can't create community without unity. So when we're together, more than outside on a Sunday morning, we're together and we're joined together in homes. What we're doing is we're creating community. Community. That the unifying factor of who Jesus Christ is and his purpose and plan for our life is just drawing us in a, in a deeper, deeper way to do and be who he's called us to do and to be. So again, on the screen, just look at some things. The church, our church, we believe, has to keep growing bigger to reach Chula Vista. Y'all agree with that? Huh? Come on, y'all agree with that? Just keep reaching Chula Vista. But the church has to keep growing smaller to develop friends. This is, it's not, again, it's not either or, it's both and. We have to keep growing bigger. That's God's plan for every church, our church included, to keep growing bigger, to come on, fill up all these green chairs. Come on, come on. God hates empty seats. Come on, everybody, say amen. So grab some invite cards and invite your friends and family to church everywhere you go and neighbors and all that. Uh, the church has to keep growing bigger because Chula Vista is a big city. Not a, there's less than 10% or 15% of the people that live in Chula Vista actually in church this morning. So there's plenty of people not in church that need to fill up every church. But, so the church has to keep growing bigger to reach Chula Vista, but, but the church has to keep growing smaller to develop friends. That's where small group comes into play. So look, numerical growth in our small groups are not the goal. It's not the goal. Numerical growth, it's not where, oh, I got, I've got 15 people in my group. Oh, I got 16. The, the, the goal isn't numerical growth. Listen, the goal, the goal is relational connection. Relational connection. You get connected relationally with other people. That is the goal. So, again, I'm just telling you from our heart. Small groups are supposed to be small. 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 Supposed to be small. Bigger means less openness. Somebody new comes in a group and you go, I don't know you. You look kind of, mm, I don't know. If I say what's on my heart right now, you kind of got that little twinkle judgment in your eye right now. I think I'm going to wait till later. So, again, the goal isn't to grow a big group. The goal 
is to grow big people. How are we going to do that? Small group. Where you get around and you go, this is just me. Where you go, you don't smell the same like you did last week. What you been doing? How come I saw you kind of dragging in here? How come I saw you, you know, whatever? And how, what, what, I, I can ask that in that setting because I know you and you know me. And it's all about I'm concerned for your health. Um, I, I grew up in Tennessee. I, my, my joke when I go back to Tennessee, it doesn't happen all the time, but it's happened once. So in my mind, it happened every single time I went back to Tennessee. <laughs> I got off. It happens everywhere you go in Tennessee to see it, but this happened when I got off the airplane. And this is no dig, this is a true story. Lady got off, and she was, she was in a wheelchair, and she had the oxygen. And she got off, and she, they were wheeling her down, and she had the oxygen in, and the first thing she did, she lit a cigarette when she was outside. And I told my friends, Welcome to Tennessee. I want to grab her cigarette and I want to stomp it on the ground. I want to take the wheelchair away from her. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I, I kind of went through this scenario. Anybody kind of go through those scenarios and go, I'm, a, I'm in jail. I'm in jail in Tennessee. That's where I'm at. I'm in jail. You, you, you can't say that because you don't know them. There's no connection, right? You want to bring help. You, and small groups are a place where we can get help. So again, we're not just interested in growing the church. We're not just interested in growing the church. We're interested in knowing, knowing the people and knowing you and where you can be known. A TV show I, I watched, some of y'all probably watched growing up, Cheers. Any Cheers fans? Norm would come in. Hey, Norm, right? Ah, you know, he'd say, something, he'd say something great, right? Cheers was the place where everybody knows your name. Your name. We're going to get name tags. This is what we're going to do at our church. We're going to get name tags. Where you're open and you're real and you're transparent, that happens in a small group. So we're, we're more interested in counting faces and not numbers. Uh, there's, there's about uh, 58 one another's in the Bible. About 58. About 58. Serve one another, love one another, bear one another's burdens, care for one another, pray for one another. So, so listen to me. All these one another's that the scriptures in the New Testament tell us we're to do, we can only do really in the context of a small group. You cannot fellowship in a crowd. You cannot really fellowship in a crowd. You fellowship in a small group. Small group. Come on, am I convincing any of y'all real quick? Lastly, come on, help me out with some, help me out with something good up here, Isaac. Come on, give it up for Isaac up here, man. Come on, he helps me on a Sunday morning, huh? Woo! And this morning, uh, son Evan was playing. Come on, do you hear see Evan up on the guitar? If you've been with us, the, the other brother is up at Biola playing now music and stuff. And so this is the next generation. Come on, this whole musical family. I'm telling you, what a blessing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Why don't we? Real quick, why don't we connect? I know why I don't connect. Why, I've, why I didn't connect for years. You know, kind of like, ah. One word, fear. Fear. Summarize everything in fear. You really don't want to know me? Because <laughs> uh, I don't really know if I like me right now. And I don't know if I can be really honest and transparent with you because of my stuff that I thought I'd be over by now. But we do know that we just read. If we'll confess our faults and take our mask down and the, the hypocrisy that we act one way but we really aren't, we can just say, I, I, I grew up, my background's word of faith. Assembly of God, you know, Kimberly was, and Pentecostal, all that kind of together, if you will, but word of faith. And can I just tell you something? I've grown and I've seen so much crazy stuff that who a person was up here wasn't who they were in the green room. And I've been in meetings, and I don't know, I'm just talking to you, and I'm not trying to taint you to the ministry or to preachers. That's not my heart. But who you see on Sunday morning... That's what I want to be on Monday night. And I trust that I am. And I'm, I'm working toward that constantly. That my life and my lifestyle, you're not going to be able to hear about me down at some crazy place doing something crazy. Because what I want to do is be real and authentic. And say, listen, 
my marriage isn't everything I want it to be, honestly. If you talk to Kimberly this morning, she'd tell you the same thing. Great, I just want to keep getting greater. All kind of areas in my life, I want to keep improving. I want to keep growing. And I know that in a group, as we're together, we can keep growing. But I do know this, fear will keep me back and will keep you back. It says in 1 John chapter 4, there's no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear. I want you to get in a group because I believe that group's going to give you love. It's going to give you love. And if we've got any groups around here that, you know, somebody says, oh, man, I want a group, and I said something, to judge, and it was a bunch of judgment, a bunch of condemnation, a bunch of crazy stuff, then we'll talk to the group leader. We'll just tell you. We'll talk to the group leader. Al's leading the group, doing a phenomenal job. Got some phenomenal group leaders. I don't want to, I don't want to be shock and awe treatment. I'm being something, oh, you and, oh, and you've got that, and oh, all the air goes out in the room. No, listen, hey, you know what? I, I, I think I'm, this stage of my life, I'm done with the shock. I pretty much heard it all. Stuff you never thought you'd hear, hear, stuff you never thought you'd see. And so guess what you know? What I do know is that we are all, to a degree, broken people continually needing health and healing from a great, loving Jesus. Can you say amen, everybody? Join a group. Get involved in a small group. Guys and gals will be out there today talking to you. They'll be some stuff upstairs, uh, up, uh, upstairs, I went like this, upstairs, I don't know where I was pointing, uh, up, up on the web, it's going to be in the website, you know, whatever. <laughs> I want you connected in a group where you can experience real life change. Amen, everybody? Come on, bow your head. A little different service today, but bow your head. Father God, we pray for every single person that's been involved in whatever, Father, that life would just beat us down and tear us down. You've, you've talked to us about the power of a group, power of joining a group of people moving and going in the same direction. We can receive health and healing and victory in our life and bring us from one place to another place and a journey. So, Father God, I pray that from the temple worship in the Old Testament, the church we'd say in the New Testament, gathering, but also gathering house to house would be foremost in our thought that we need our own tribe. We need people doing life together. We're going to fall. You told us. We, we, we know. We're going to get tripped up. We're going to need someone to talk to. We're going to need somebody that's on our side. It's going to happen in a small group. Father, I pray that people all around us today, that we need to know, that they need to know us. So we pray for all of us. That we take the next step in our journey, and that we get involved in spiritual growth that can happen in the context of these small groups. While your head's bowed, your eyes closed. Come on, no one looking around. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, he is the number one person that wants to be in a relationship with you. He's the one that's going to take you from where you're at to where you need to be. He's going to get you in a, in a place of wholeness and health. It happens as you surrender your life to Jesus Christ.